welcome to the Meg and Maggie podcast, where we blend the worlds of physical and mental health to bring you conversations of overall wellness. I'm Meg, one of your hosts. And I'm Maggie. You'll find us having conversations about a wide variety of topics, from how much water you need in a day to how we navigate anxious seasons and everything in between. We are so happy you're here with us and we hope you enjoy. Love, Meg. And Maggie. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Maggie, today I actually don't know what episode we're on now. <laughs> I don't is either. It, is it 18? 19? I think so. 18 is what's no coming idea. to mind, so it must be that one. I'm looking it up really quick, everyone. Not that any of you really care that much. <laughs> I think it's 18. <laughs> you're already Anyways, here. If it's not, you're already here. Enjoy our episode. This is actually probably one of the most exciting episodes because a lot of the reason why we created this podcast was for this episode. Yeah. Like this so. has been a big one coming. We probably should have like made it like a very trendy like 20th episode or something, Maggie, but that's okay. We're not that formal. Yeah, no, it's fine. This is a very... um exciting episode for us because Maggie and I in the realm of physical health and relationship with your body and food and all that that can come with that especially um this day and age we both come from really different worlds and so that was part of the reason why we blended this podcast you know we bring you the world of physical and mental health to bring you conversations of overall wellness that's like one of our catchphrases um because we each have different experiences so part of that that you might have experienced in our world nowadays is kind of like I think of it as almost like a spectrum Maggie like one side you can be very um you can get kind of like the trendy catchphrases like intuitive eating body positivity kind of that world and then on the other side of the spectrum I see you know fitness diet diet culture all these words and Maggie and I um we probably live, it's actually really funny, Maggie, we kind of live in the middle, but you're probably a little bit teeny tiny more towards fitness and everything. And I'm probably more towards intuitive eating, body positivity, actually probably more than a tiny bit. We're kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm showing Maggie on Zoom right now, my hands, but like, yeah. it's funny, we're on this spectrum, but I lean more towards that side and she probably leans more towards the other one. So we're kind of like the perfect duo to blend these worlds. Uh, hence why this podcast was recreated, because you can see that sometimes people make you feel like it's one or the other. Like you're either dieting and really into nutrition and fitness and you're just like all in, or you see some of the trendy things of I eat exactly whatever I want and I'm body positive, no matter how my body looks, I'm going to love it. And like both ends of the spectrum do not need to be your world. So hence this episode, we're going to follow up with a Q and a too, because we know it's going to kind of weave into this episode. Um, but I figured we could start by just explaining like where each of us kind of come from in terms of our relationships with our bodies. Yeah, I like that. It's a big question. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I want to say before I go into that is exactly what you said. We live in the gray area. Everything is in the gray area, right? And we're so conditioned to <laughs> really, really want something to be black or white, everything, uh -huh. whether it's related to this, like physical health and relationship with our body and food and fitness and all that stuff or mm -hmm. anything, right? We're like, but I just want it to be one way or exactly. the other way. And nothing is like that. Everything's <laughs> always in the gray area. So yeah, I think you're hundred percent right that we both live in the gray area in different mm -hmm. spots. And that's great because that's where we want to be. You actually exactly. want to be there. That's where you have the most freedom and the most, you know, um, 
like I feel like you live the most in the gray area even though Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes (laughs) yeah no it's so true and I it honestly took me a long time to figure that out I'd say I'm still learning that about certain things like the fact that I'm like well if it's just this it'll it'll get me there this quick fix this that like I wanted that so badly especially with my body um you know I just thought the next program would fix it the next program would fix it then it fix 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 and it's like no I'm just a human and I've got to learn to live in this balanced place which is the gray area most of the time I also think it makes you a more open-minded person when you live in the gray area so I'm sure a lot of you listening feel similarly and I'm sure at one point you are or have or continue to have struggles relating to your relationship with your body food like that is a huge topic um, for humans Mm -hmm. so we come from very different backgrounds in that space and I think it's really important especially for relatability, for us to get a little vulnerable with that. Um, I I just think it makes us more, I wouldn't want to listen to anybody talk about this topic and not understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I can start. So let's go back. Hmm. (laughs) We were talking about this a little bit before we recorded. And yeah, um, let's see. So for me, I have always been a very tiny human. I'm still Mm -hmm. just a small person. Like there's just, you know, some people, there's just nothing you can do about it. Um, (laughs) I'm only five foot two also. So, you know, we're just like the whole thing, very small. Um, and I've always been an athlete. So I've always been playing like multiple sports at a time. Um, so for me, my perspective towards my body, I've always been able to shift it into what can my body do? Right. So even when I did have feelings of insecurity about the way that I looked, um, I was able to shift it into a place of, well, my body can do this, you know, um, which I will say worked pretty well for me Yeah, um, in keeping me, I, I never got too far into like diet culture or needing to overexercise or needing to lose weight or things like that because I have this perspective of what can my body do. Sure. Right? With that being said, um, I did use that as an excuse sometimes for eating things that didn't make me feel good. Right. And I don't want to say eating bad food because no food is good or bad. Sure. Um, everybody's needs are different. And everyone's life is different, right? So what we choose is going to be different. But for me, it was knowing that like dairy, for example, did not make me feel good at all. And Mm -hmm. it would really mess up my body. And I was bloated all the time, like literally 24 seven. So when I think about um, feeling insecure in clothes, that's what I think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it came from a place of first it was just, I did not know what was going on. Right. Just, I didn't know. And then it was like, Oh, I'm starting to notice a pattern that every time I eat ice cream, I feel like crap, but I still eat ice cream every day anyway. Right. And so it was this struggle of, um, I deserve this because I worked out, which a lot Mm, of people struggle with. And also a struggle of like, it it definitely was an emotional thing for me, right? Like I coped with feelings by eating foods that made me feel like crap, which I think a lot of people can relate to in different ways. Um, So for me, it was, it's like an allergy if I eat dairy now because I don't eat it, like a different reaction will happen depending on what I'm eating. So now if I eat something with dairy in it, I'm like, oh, I ate butter because I'm getting congested. Like it's ridiculous, but- It's actually fascinating. um, It's hilarious, but- um. But at the time it was like, 
it's layered, right? It's like, I, you know, just had a really hard practice or a game. So now I'm going to eat this food that I know Mm -hmm. is not going to make me feel good. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, I didn't have enough self-respect to eat anything else. Mm. Did you know at the time, like in the moment, did it, it felt good. I'm sure like it tasted good, felt good. Like everything was kind of lighting up for you in your brain. And then you felt like crap or you knew immediately, like that was bad idea. At first, it was the first option. And then as I became good. more aware, yeah, yeah. as I became more aware of how it made me feel, it was a second option where I knew before I made the decision, but I made the decision anyway. You already had cracked the code. You knew you couldn't unknow what you knew at that point. You figured Precisely. out the pattern. Yeah, yeah. But I still couldn't make a different decision. Right. You know? So um yeah, there's so many layers to this. But that's kind of, that's where I came from, from a healthy mindset of being like, I love my body because it can do all these things. I think that's a really cool. Yeah. Right. And was that instilled from you from being like, even like a kid? Do you feel like you always had that for the most part? Um, yes. In the instance of I'd always been an athlete. So Mm. it was always just like, I have this relationship of moving my body because I'm playing a sport that I love. Got it. You know, and then it was like, okay, I have to actually train for this sport outside of the sport. So it's like, I'm running in the summer because I want to make the soccer team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Yeah. So um, that relationship with exercise definitely was instilled from a young age because that was my path, right? Yeah. Um, which I highly recommend. And also like in my coaching now, it's what I try to do with my clients is I try to get them to think about something that they want their body to be able to do because yeah. it's a much more motivating and healthy place to approach <laughs> exercise than what I want my body to look like or how much I want to weigh. Exactly. Which I'm perfect, you know, tangent over to me is that I came from a totally different world of, I was not a born athlete. I probably could have been if I wanted to, it just wasn't my path. Um, I was always very tall. So I'm now like five, nine, five, 10. Uh, so totally different than Maggie. Like I'm on the other spectrum as a really tall girl. And I always was, I always was in like the 96th percentile for height. Like I was just always so tall. And typically I was always, um, I always weighed a little more too. I was denser. I don't want to say I was a, the crazy part is that when I was little, I always felt big. That was just what stuck into my head. I'm too big. I'm too big. I'm too tall. I'm too this. Um, And the craziest part is that I was never unhealthy, if that makes sense. Hmm. So yes, I may have felt like I was too big, but I was a child that could still absolutely run up and down the soccer field. Like I know there's a difference between being a really heavy child and being impacted and then just feeling like, you know, having that insecurity from a young age. I will say this because I think it's important to note. Um, I think part, this is through a lot of therapy, everyone, <laughs> that I've kind of <laughs> figured this out. Don't, I didn't just come up with this one day. Um, I, from a young age, went to a doctor who every time I would go to the doctor, he pulled out the BMI chart. Mm-hmm. So every time I went to the pediatricians, I saw my height and weight in the 90th whatever percentile. The BMI chart. I know. <laughs> and that, I think from a young age, there was one point, and he just turned out to be honestly something really crazy happened with him he like lost his license like he was not a great doctor um but and I'm not saying that about anybody who used to be in my chart there's some you know I'm sure there's some reason why it's used but for me I remember from a very young age he would start to say to my mom well okay she weighs this much and she's this tall so stop giving her juice no more juice like she needs milk and water only and then at one point um he was like you know what forget the milk like she doesn't need vitamins like she 
she's she's fine she's big she's good um and I internalized that now I look back at pictures I was not a big child like I was a normal child with a little bit of I don't know chubbiness like I was a perfectly healthy capable child but from a young age hearing that I think that never left me there's parts of it that it still hasn't left me Mm -hmm. um and so I got way worse as I got older um and I won't go into too much detail because I think I have in the past and one day we can do a whole episode um, more of a deep dive on things, but that kind of became like my internalizing voice for a long time. So high school, college, dieting, 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 like too big. Okay. I know what to do. And, um, I'm talking boiled chicken and steamed broccoli and like really trying to make myself as small as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and every time I would, I would, go the opposite way. It was like a bow and arrow effect for me. So the tighter I pulled back, the more I dieted, the more I, you know, restricted, the further forward I would go into, I learned was called binging. I didn't know that at the time, Um, but that's what I was doing. I was eating, you know, heavy, heavy amounts of food because, oh, well, the diet starts again on Monday. So let me, you know, quick get everything I can now. And that went on for years until it got really bad. Um, And a little trigger warning for anybody here, like turn this off if you don't want to hear anything about um, like more eating disorder type things. Um, I probably should have prefaced it. We could even put a little intro in the beginning, Maggie, but I started to purge after that. Like I started to go down that road and I didn't, I didn't go down it long. Um, I immediately got help because that was like almost rock bottom for me, I would say when I learned that, oh, my relationship with my body and food is really unhealthy. Like it's really getting to a place. Um, And so since then I've become, had to become, and that's a whole other conversation we're going to dive into. I um, enrolled in a more intuitive eating body positive program to help myself. And the foundation of that program was phenomenal, right? Like the foundation of, you know, not calling foods good and bad and learning ways to not have to rely on calories and be able to trust your body around food. The foundation of that has been life-changing for me. The amount of mental energy I've regained since like leaving that world is incredible. The phase two of it though, where, okay, I don't binge anymore. I don't restrict. I don't count calories, but I want to feel good. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel like I'm at a place that I am able to run up and down the stairs and, you know, go and do all these things and go on, you know, eight mile long hikes and not be winded. Like I want to get to that place. And that's where I think Maggie and I are going to dive into is that's the gray area. That's the healthy, sustainable way to live your life. Um, And so I'm transitioning over to there now, (laughs) so to speak. Um, And I think a lot of people, if we polled all of you listening and said, hey, what would you want? I bet that the majority of you would just want a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet that none of you would want either extreme of those worlds. Yeah, the extremes are not fun. And of course, like when we're talking about an athletic extreme, extreme, yes, there are professional athletes who Absolutely. are sure. professionals, right? They do that for a living mm-hmm. and we cannot mimic their lifestyle as a not professional athlete, right? It just sure. doesn't make any sense. So um, yeah, that's exactly the thing where it's like, we, we can't expect ourselves to go to one extreme or another when we Mm -hmm. don't live that lifestyle. Right. But we want to, but it it doesn't work. Right. That's why it doesn't work because we're not meant to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of that too, is that when I think about professional athletes, 
um, I think that they, their body is their instrument, their body right. is their machine, right? So that's a whole different world. And I'm not going to talk on that because I don't know much about that. But that's how I look at it is that their body fulfills something. So they have to honestly train and perform and do things in a very unique way than the modern day person, the everyday person is talking about. So I think we should introduce one um, of the questions. And that was from a listener that said, I want to be more intuitive slash body positive. Again, those very like trendy words. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm afraid of the weight gain. I'm afraid of what could happen um, with that. And I really want you to unpack that, Maggie. And I'm sure you're going to say it's a tricky concept Mm. because it really is. Everybody's very unique. Um, But maybe just like an intro thought to that. I have so many thoughts. Um, (laughs) But I want to start with um, going back to your story. So thank you for sharing that. And what you went through is, and what what I mean by went through in the program, of Mm. learning how to, you know, not label foods as good and bad and not rely on counting calories and not constantly being obsessed with, you know, how much food you're putting in your body because of the number on the scale, right? Mm -hmm. If we are in a place where we are worried about weight gain from that, from, for that purpose, right. Of like, well, I want to, you know, eat more food and be intuitive with my exercise, but I'm afraid that if I don't do cardio for two hours a day, every single day of the week, and I don't pay attention to every single thing that I put in my mouth, then I'm going to blow up. Right. And again, I feel like it comes back to this extreme mentality, Mm -hmm. right. Where it's like, either I have to be in 500% or I'm going to be out 500%. Exactly. And so I feel like those concepts that you learned in that program are a place where we have to start, right? Mm -hmm. We have to start there and we have to understand um, the actual science of food and exercise, at least a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a professional, right? That's why there are professionals out there who can like write plans for you and things like that. But we have to understand it a little bit, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we don't, that's when the fear comes in, right? Knowledge, like knowledge is power. It is because it helps us calm those fears back down, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I believe that I need to, you know, only eat boiled chicken and do cardio for two hours a day. But I learned that that's not what I need to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like through like science or someone else's experience or something like that. Right. So there's so many different ways that we can approach that, but we need to learn actual concepts about Mm -hmm. food and exercise as like one of the first steps in order to free ourselves from that fear. That's a good point. That's such a good point because sometimes you just jump in like off the deep end and you're like, if you don't have a background like you, Maggie, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't know for a very long time really anything about nutrition. I just looked at the back of a label, which the funniest part now is that I really don't look at the label anymore. I look at the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Like it's a funny, um, not funny. It's a beautiful concept to mm-hmm. like know that knowledge is power. Um, I like that. I like what you just said. Yeah. And so like, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. And the next thing that comes to mind with that of um, wanting to be more intuitive and with movement and food, but fear of gaining weight is shifting our mindset from the weight and more mm-hmm. into how we feel and what our bodies can do. Mm-hmm. Right. So like mm-hmm. I mentioned before 
Um, and these are not easy things, by the way. I'm saying no. them like it's like, oh yeah, duh, of course you it takes just need to switch yeah. your mindset into what your body can do, right? No, that's not how it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's where we need to go, right? Absolutely. So this is where you know you can hire someone to help you. You can find an accountability person, or if you're like, if you're the type of person who likes to read books, read all the books. Like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Do whatever works best for you, but or join a gym, you know, things like that with people who have that same mentality because that's sure. the important thing. We become like the people we spend time with, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you need to surround yourself with people with that mentality in one way or another. There's no like Absolutely. perfect way to do it, right? But um, yeah, so we want to switch into a mindset of how do I feel? Right. So that could be, if we want to think of it very like physically in the way our body looks, how do my clothes feel Mm -hmm. or how do they fit? Right. Um, that's one thing that we can look at because (laughs) surprise, surprise, you can completely change the way your body looks and weigh the exact same amount. That's such a good point. You know? So that is something that is super important to like, again, it sounds like an overgeneralization, but we need to step away from worrying about the number on the scale because your weight is only your relationship to the earth through gravity. That's literally it, right? So I can have more muscle on my body and less fat and weigh the same as I did when I had more fat and less muscle. Sure. And my body will look completely different. My clothes will co- feel completely different. I will be able to do completely different things and I still mm-hmm. weigh 130 pounds, mm-hmm. just as an example. You know, no, it's a fantastic one. And I think for me, before I started to learn about anything more intuitive and more natural and, you know, kind of getting back to our roots almost to me, that's kind of how I think mm-hmm. about it yeah. is people, you know, a hundred years ago, and I don't want to say for sure, but like, I don't think they were counting calories because that wasn't a thing like that. Right. Like, was that a thing then Maggie? You would know more than I, I don't know about timelines, but I mean, as you know, we've, I don't believe so about food, probably not. Yeah. And it was more of an intuitive living off the land, like things like that. And for me, I connect with that for some reason, like for some reason that connects to me, but I was all of our home. Yeah. And I was so in my head for so many years that I actually had no idea what my body felt like Mm. because so much of my mind was taken up. When I say I regained mental energy, I mean, I regained mental energy. Like it took up so much of my mind and so much of my day was focused on my weight and my size and how I looked. And it almost feels like really conceited to say out loud. I'm almost embarrassed to say it out loud, but it's the truth. Like it's Mm -hmm. truly what was going on. And anyone who knew me, unless you really, really knew me. um, And honestly, even the people who really did had no idea because I hadn't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was unhealthy. I couldn't, now I can't unknow that. I know how exhausting and how depleting that lifestyle can be of being obsessed with your appearance, weight, what you're eating, what you're doing. Like so much of my worth was based in that. So they, the number one of the biggest um, things I think people worry about when kind of switching over to that more intuitive approach is, well, I'll never stop. Once I start having the ice cream, I'll never stop. Once I start having McDonald's, I'll never stop. And I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for myself, I did, right? So in the very beginning, when I stopped everything, I just stopped counting calories. I stopped it all. I did go a little. Hi. (laughs) They're so cute. I did go a little crazy. Like I truly 
went down this rabbit hole of, you know, having everything I didn't allow myself to have. So McDonald's, ice cream, cookies, you name it. Um, And I was like, how am I ever going to be able to stop? And then the craziest thing is that after a couple months of that, or a few months of that, I should say, I did. Because you learn that that type of food, for me at least, made me feel so tired. That type of food made me feel so sluggish. It just didn't feel good. So then you start to get curious um, about that. So Maggie, what I'm kind of getting at is when you eat all those things for so long, like the things you never allowed yourself to have, ice cream, fast food, whatever, whatever you're, you know, whatever you were restricting for so long, you eventually get to this place where you feel like absolute garbage, or at least I did. And that's when I have started to become curious about what I actually do feel good having. Yes, that is such and that's a, a very point. powerful place. And we don't have to get too far into that because that's a more um, like advanced version of that. And then I call it like phase two. Like once you kind of break down the fears and learn, then I think you kind of transition into, well, what do I like? What does feel good? Um, just recognizing that you may have something going on that's a little more exhausting mentally is really powerful. Yeah, I think that, yes, although that is like a more advanced concept or phase two or something like that, I think it's very important to talk about because we can get so caught up in, okay, well, I want to be more intuitive and less strict with myself, Mm -hmm. right? Less restrictive, less crazy with the exercise, whatever it is for you, right? It looks different. I'm just using that as a broad generalization. Um, But then exactly like what you said, okay, so I'm not going to do those things anymore and I'm going to allow my body to do what it wants. And, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do for exercise and I'm going to do eat when I want to eat, but then we go overboard. Right. And then mm-hmm. who helps me figure out the middle ground? Mm-hmm. Who Maggie. helps me figure out the middle ground? Me. Maggie um, will help you <laughs> become her client. Are you accepting clients by the way? <laughs> I currently in the month of July, I will be. So okay, when cool. this comes out, yes, today, no. And yeah, yeah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, Lost my train. Sorry, I got you on a tangent about that. Yeah, no, it's okay. But that's exactly the thing, right? Is like, we need to, there's so many things that go into this, right? It's like Mm -hmm. changing our, um, what we're focusing on, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm not focusing on the number on the scale. I'm focusing on how my body feels and attention to how I feel after I do certain things, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I am allowed to eat McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So I eat McDonald's. How do I feel after I eat McDonald's? Well, today I felt fine after eating McDonald's. Okay, that's fine because you had like a small amount and you didn't overeat and whatever. That's fine. Okay, mm-hmm. so you need something on the go. You're like, you're not afraid to go to McDonald's if you absolutely sure, need it. Sure, sure. Right? At the same time as that, you have the knowledge of the nutritional value of McDonald's. Mm. So, you know, if we are taking the action of changing our mindset away from the number on the scale into more of what our body can do, how it feels, also taking action to learn about food and exercise on just like a small scale. It doesn't have to be a super in-depth, like you're getting certified to help other people, right? Of but course. We need to understand what calories are, what the different macronutrients are, what different ingredients are, how different things play in our body, right? And sure. then if you just look up McDonald's, like you just type in McDonald's ingredients into Google, you're going to come up with tons of things that'll tell you, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, the most nutrient dense food option for me, mm-hmm. right? So now we have all this information. Okay. We're not afraid to eat McDonald's. We know that if we eat a certain thing at McDonald's, it doesn't make us feel like crap. We know that 
it's not the best thing for me. So it's very easy to make a decision where it's like, I really want or need something very fast today. So I'm going to go to McDonald's Mm -hmm. or I have more time on my hands and I want to go get something out to eat and I want to feel really good. So I'm not going to eat McDonald's because it's just not the best nutrition option for me. It becomes very simple. It does. And you know what the big thing here, the takeaway from what you're saying right now is that you have a choice. Mm -hmm. So if you are stuck in that restrictive, crazy dieting phase, you don't give yourself the choice. So when you finally get out of that phase, well, that's all you want because you deprived yourself for so long. It's like this becomes this forbidden fruit almost. So for me, I used to eat fast food way more because I was never allowed to have it. So I craved it more. Now, now don't get me wrong. I still love some Chick-fil-A every now and again. And like, don't (laughs) hear me wrong. Like absolutely. And it's delicious and I absolutely enjoy it. And then I move on. That's the difference is that now I move on because it was delicious and I'm moving along. Whereas before it was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. Okay. Now I can eat so much of it, feel like crap. And now here comes shame and guilt knocking at my door. And it's a vicious cycle. And anyone who's in it, I am being so genuine right now. Like I feel you, I'm with you. Like it is a hard world. And Maggie for one, her program and just who she is, honestly, gives you the ability to start to look at health in a different light of sustainability. What are your, like, not to be weird, Maggie, I don't even know if you talked about this, but like, what is your lifestyle? Like, what is Mm -hmm. your health? Like, what does your blood work say? Like, forget all the other stuff. Like, what is your aim? And to me now, my body, I'm not there. Like, I'm not in this um, place that I think I'm going to, and I'm not there yet. But my body eventually will just, I'm hoping, become like the vehicle that I exist in, the home that I exist in. Mm -hmm. And it will not be so focused on appearance and things like that. Because also don't hear me wrong that even though I've done so much work and it's been about two years since I enrolled in the intuitive eating program that I did, um, I still struggle. Like Mm -hmm. there are still times where I can get caught up in things or some days I'm like, gosh, body, I'm so lucky to have you. Like, thank you. Like, I am so fortunate to have two moving legs and I'm going to go on a really nice long walk because I feel good after. And then there are some days where I'll catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror from an angle that I don't like, and I'll still start to spiral. Mm -hmm. And I have to actively work with the tools I have to get out of that. Um, That's normal. Yeah. And that's normal. That's normal. It doesn't mean anything. You're just human. And so I'm really happy we kind of unpacked that a little bit, Maggie. Do you think, um, we'll obviously still wave it in, but do you think it's time that I can ask you another question? Yes. I just have one more thing I wanted to yeah, say that absolutely. just came to my of mind course. is along the topic of the gray area, right? This exists in so many places. So I want to go back to the original question of I want to be more, can you read the question again? Yeah. I want to be more intuitive slash body positive, but I am afraid of weight gain. Okay. So how afraid are we of weight gain and how much um, flexibility do we want to give ourselves? Right. Because Mm. there's so many ways that we can go about this. Right. And I feel like a lot of times we get caught up in kind of what we were talking about in the beginning is, well, I'm being really restrictive and now I'm going to jump all the way to being intuitive and body positive. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe you start with one day a week. Maybe you start with one day a week where you let yourself eat whatever it is that you feel like you should be eating at that time, you know, whatever for breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I don't mean unhealthy things. I just mean we're not tracking, right? We're just mm. allowing ourselves to start to trust our body, right? And one day a week, you, 
you know, sit for a second and you get quiet and you're like, what kind of movement do I want to do today? And you Mm. allow yourself to do that and you still follow a program on the rest of the days, right? It doesn't have to be this like stop everything that we're doing and jump into something completely new. That's just something that came to mind. And, um, Yeah. So if we are really in a place where it's like, I really don't want to gain a lot of weight and I'm really afraid of that. Sometimes we need to just, we need to start to be able to trust ourselves, right? It's all about, because the reason why you probably feel that way is because you don't trust yourself, Mm -hmm. right? We are not, we are not used to listening to our bodies and our own intuition, right? Mm -hmm. We're so used to looking to other people for advice or what to do or something like that. Right. So we need to start small with allowing ourselves to trust ourselves and making Mm -hmm. that decision and being like, okay, I did this for a day and nothing bad happened. Maybe I could do it again tomorrow, you know? And I think along with that, and obviously my go-to is going to be Maggie for you guys, because I think that she's a safe, her business is a safe place to land with this type of um, mindset shift possibly. Because when I went through it, if I did not have support, I would not have become an intuitive eater. I would not have become a more intuitive um, human when it comes to that, because there were so many times, and I mean so many, that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. And I wanted to turn around so badly Mm -hmm. and jump into a, I'm not, you know, knocking any diets, but I've done them all. So like (laughs) into a whole 30 or into a this or that, like there's beautiful things in all of them. They all have a purpose for the most part. Um, But for me, it was toxic because Mm. of my mindset. So, and it's funny because now I feel like I eat a lot more Whole30 style. (laughs) Like when I'm not actually doing it, it tends to be like one of more of my go-tos, a little less dairy and stuff lately, as of lately. Anyways, um, you need the support during that though, in my opinion. So even if you want to dip your toes in the water and start to like begin to trust yourself. I think you need support. And I think a big thing that is underestimated is just focusing on being mindful. So Mm -hmm. what Maggie just said made me think of it as what kind of exercise do I want to do today? And a big thing for me was switching it from working out to movement, moving my body. I don't know that that phrase in words really helped. Um, And also going from, okay, restriction is a very touchy subject for me. So I prefer adding something in, right? Mm. I'm feeling really sluggish, really slow. I'm going to add in exercise today. I'm not going to take anything away from myself ever for the most part. Um, I'm going to add in more vegetables. I'm going to add in more protein. Like that simple mindset shift can be everything. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's a huge thing that is it's like we we just exist and we get Mm -hmm. to make ourselves feel as great as we want to right Mm -hmm. it's always a choice it's always up to us and when we can get to a place of first being aware of how we feel and where we're at and then get clear on what where we want to go right in Mm -hmm. a healthy way then we can start to make those those you know steps to get there and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a leap all the way it can be some people work really well with like I'm jumping all in and I can't do anything I used to do and I need to do this whole new thing and that's fine for some sure right and some people it's like I just need to try this new exercise today and I don't think that it's going to work but I you know and you know that you really want to try to do this and everything in your body is saying no 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 we can't do that we can't do that we can't do that I don't trust it I don't trust it I don't trust it right but you are aware that what you're currently doing is not working and we need to do something else right so wherever you are is fine but Mm -hmm. it's just becoming aware of where you're at and where you want to go and making sure that 
goal that you want to get to is something that is healthy and not something that's going to send you down a spiral, you know? Absolutely. And I would say my last thing I'm going to say about this is just the simplest place that I, one of the places that I started was I used to be a more of a much like fast eater, like a quick eater, like I eat Mm. in the car, eat on the go. And so in the very beginning stages, mindfully eating, sitting and being present with my food without TV, without my phone, even sometimes was really important because that's when I actually, when you diet for so long, you actually don't really know what you crave in my opinion. Like I had no idea the type of foods that I wanted slash craved. Um, And it wasn't until I kind of got quiet and became more mindful that I was like, hmm, I actually really love, I'm more like Mediterranean style I've learned. Like Mm -hmm. I love a lot of lemon, fish, olives, like olive oil, arugula, like that's just my preference. Like a Mm -hmm. lot, I would thrive in Europe. Um, And I learned that and I had no idea about that beforehand. So that's like, if you're like, you know what, I need something today that I can take with me besides obviously looking Maggie up because I think that's obviously the best place to start. I would say trying to at least get curious about your likes. So getting quiet while you're eating is a first one for me. And then the movement, just doing something you enjoy with your body. Yes, absolutely. Okay, guys, quick break. We have animals. So you know how that can get. Yeah. It takes us a minute sometimes. <laughs> um, it's actually over here. craziness. Anytime you have animals, the barking and whatever. So we are going to get into the next question. It's the perfect place um, to pick back up. So Maggie, again, a lot of these questions were tailored to Maggie because Maggie is the expert in this place. But um, someone asked, what is your favorite way to get more protein in? Hmm. Great question. Great question. (laughs) So the first place my brain is going is, do we know where protein lives? Do we know how to find protein on a nutrition label? Do we know how much protein we should be eating? Right? So those things are super important because what if you don't need more protein? What if you don't know where to find it? What if, you know, before we even get to food, we need to understand those things. Okay. So I don't want to dive in too deep into that. You can find those resources. Um, If you want help, let me know. Do you have them Um, too? Don't you have them on your program? Yes. Oh yeah. You don't, don't you have them? I thought you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are your ways then? So once people know all of those things, um, what are some of the ways where you are able to get some protein in? Okay. So my favorite things, let's see, I want to talk about me and then I'll talk about other people because I don't eat dairy or mm. eggs, which is very mm-hmm. annoying. That's a Those tough one. Are yeah. really great places to get protein. So for me, I pretty much every day have to have a protein supplement mm. because I do eat meat, but the rest of my diet is basically vegan. So got it. Um, there's that. Um, my second favorite way to get more protein in is to just increase the portion of protein that I'm already eating. Hmm. So like chicken breast, steak, whatever it is, just have like one and a half of what you would be eating instead of, you know, one serving. Um, Yeah. So those two things um, are my go-tos for getting more protein in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third thing is being very intentional with snacks. Ooh. Um, So making sure that the snacks I am eating do have at least like 20 ish grams of protein in them. It could be a protein bar. It could also be just the combination of foods that I'm eating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So those are the ways that I tend to get more protein into my diet. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And a lot of it is just like simple swaps, right? Say, for example, you eat regular yogurt, you just swap to Greek yogurt, mm. boom, protein. I love it. You I know? love your hacks. Just little easy little things. Yeah. I think pr- that's always a question. I think it was one of our listener Q and A's too, because people are always wondering because I think, and you know, more than anyone protein, I think is one of those things that helps keep us full, like yes. fat and protein. Like I think those are what keep us satisfied um, in some way. So I'm happy yep. they asked that. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are your favorite ways? Um, my first one is definitely, and I don't take this for the protein, but it's kind of just an added benefit. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I have very, like, I was just, my nails are not very strong. I don't know if I'm lacking biotin. Like, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. um, but I just have very brittle nails. So I started taking collagen in my Ooh. coffee mm-hmm. and it's just a really quick and easy way to get 18 grams of protein in first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps me because I typically am not hungry in the morning either. So having that in my coffee makes it so that, you know, I don't really get hungry until like noon-ish typically. And if I'm hungry before, then I'll obviously eat. But it kind of helps to where like, okay, I'm not hungry. I'm probably just going to have lunch, but at least there's something in my system. So I don't get like hunger pains, you know, like when Mm. your stomach starts to hurt. Oh, I know. (laughs) mm -hmm. So that's definitely one thing is the collagen. 18 grams first thing in the morning is perfect. And then I too am very intentional with my snacks. I eat meat. So it's pretty easy for me to get mm-hmm. protein in for the most part. Um, but I would say snacks, like I will have a baby bell cheese or a cheese stick with um, sometimes like a chomp stick. They're like these grass fed pasture raised um, little beef sticks or turkey sticks. Um, and that right there is like 20 grams of protein. So I think that that's just an easy way easier way to keep myself more full, but you really have to plan ahead with that. Yep. Yep. You have to jump. Like, so like I said in the beginning, right, we need to know how much protein we need and we need to know where the protein come from and how to read the nutrition label. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's so many easy ways to get more protein in before you even change anything about what you eat. Like, like, let's think about like the yogurt, right? We switch from regular yogurt to Greek yogurt. Think about a granola bar. You switch from a regular cliff bar to a protein cliff bar, Mm -hmm. right? Um, something like that, like little hacks like that are just so easy. And then adding in a protein supplement, if you feel like you've exhausted your Mm -hmm. whole food options, right? We don't want to rely on protein supplements, but they are a great, um, addition to help you get more protein and hit your goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I know Maggie's going to love this one because she always wants to talk about how much water we need, which I think is phenomenal. But this one is a little different in the um, listener asked how to get myself to drink more water. Mm. So I know they need to know how much they will, which is half your body weight to your full body weight pretty much as like a rule of thumb. I generally say start with your starting goal as half of your body weight in fluid ounces of water. Mm -hmm. And I will say half of your more ideal body weight. Like if you are someone who is very um, heavy and you wish to be a, like you feel like your ideal body weight, like where your body would be happier is a lot lower. Mm -hmm. It can be really hard to get in half of your current body weight in water. Like Mm -hmm. I just am aware of that. Right. So, um, that's a good place to start is like half of your body weight in fluid ounces of water, but adjust for you. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're like, Oh my gosh, 150 ounces is a lot. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Drop it down to a hundred, do whatever you got to do. You know what I mean? Um, we just want to increase from where we're at. 
Um, some people, most of the time, most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. No, yeah. I know you know that. I'm just saying if I increase anymore, I don't know if I could. Well, because you're oh already gosh. really good at that, right? Sure. 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 Okay. Good point. Yeah. Good point. But if we're looking to increase, we know we're Absolutely. not drinking enough water. We good just point. want to increase. So there's so many ways <laughs> we can do that. Um, and I like this question of like, how do I get myself to kind of enjoy it is what I feel mm-hmm. like. Is That's what the question, question is. Right. So there's so many different ways we can do that. Okay. I'm thinking of like my favorite ways. So one is seltzer. I didn't know um, you drank seltzer. I do drink seltzer. There's always seltzer in my fridge. I, I can't really drink it during the winter because it's just so cold and I'm already so cold that like, I, you know, just can't, if it was room temperature, maybe I shouldn't put it in the fridge. That'd probably help mm. the situation. That's <laughs> um, so funny, but <clears throat> it's flavored. It has no sugar and it's bubbly. How great is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. I have to say a really funny story. Wait, I love how I, hold on. I'm on so many different tangents. Okay. Finish yours first, Maggie, then we'll get to it. Okay. Seltzer. Um, another thing that I love to do is add in an electrolyte stick Mm -hmm. to my water. So, um, this isn't like a powdered iced tea packet. It looks the same, but it's not. Okay. So we don't want to go for a addition to your water that has sugar in it because that kind of defeats the purpose, right? It's totally fine to drink things with sugar in them. Absolutely. But if we're trying to increase our water intake, we're just trying to get some good water in it. Yes. So, um, look for an electrolyte. Um, it's, um, I'm going to call it a supplement, um, that is just electrolytes, like magnesium, um, Mm. potassium, sodium, right? No sugar. Okay. It can be hard to find. Um, another way that you can do that is like the Mio bottles. Oh, you know, they're like little water droplets. Um, so if you're someone who really doesn't like plain water, throw some flavor in there, right? We just want to look for one that doesn't have sugar because that's kind of defeating the purpose of the water. Sure. We're trying to, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so those are ways that I like, like when I'm just like, I just don't want plain water right now, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to go for something like that. Um, and then my other, these two kind of go together, but get a water bottle that you love. Like spend $30, $40, $20, $10, however many dollars you want to spend on a water bottle that you love, that makes you happy, that you like to look at, that you want to mm-hmm. carry around with you. I would suggest one that has a straw because it's so much easier to drink water out of a straw than it is to not. Because I know mm-hmm. for me, if I have to take the top off, I'm probably not going to do it. So, True. <laughs> True. you know, um, I always have one with a straw or maybe you just have like a really cute cup at home with a straw. Like I know you always drink out of like Mason jars, Mason jars with glass that. straws specifically. I like a glass straw. Everybody. Oh, I've never tried a glass. Yes. Yeah, so you you got to get them from Amazon. They're fabulous. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try that. Um, but yeah, like we have to make it enjoyable. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I even think of like, I'm sitting in my office. Right. And I want the things around me to make me feel happy and inspired and, you know, creative. And the same thing can be true with your water bottle. Right. We want it to make us feel, or your cup or however you're drinking your water. Absolutely. To make it feel good. If you're looking at your plastic water bottle and you're like, I hate this thing. I don't want to drink out of it. You're not going to water. That's just the way it is. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I would say, I feel like this is something I'm really good at. So I feel like Mm -hmm. I have a lot, but it's because of all these tools that I've become really good at it. And then when I'm not 
good at it, I can like easily go to these. Um, so one of them, it's not like by me, this term is called pretty water. Um, actually a YouTuber, Sam Oscar, which I highly recommend her channel. I think she's phenomenal with all things um, like this, but she'll make pretty water. So she'll cut up mint. She'll put strawberries in her water. She'll do lemon, cucumbers. I mean, I've seen her put like grapefruit, lime, like everything fruit instilled in her water. It makes it pretty in your glass. You can put it in a pitcher, like fill it up for the day, the night before, mm-hmm. drop the fruit in that morning. And then you've got to just drink that pitcher throughout the day. Like that's just one hack that I find really clever. And I love the term pretty water, like how yeah. she made it. Um, another one for me is every time I go to get my water, if I've recognized that I'm not drinking enough, I'll do like a little challenge for myself where every time I go to take a sip, I will like in my head be like chug 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 for like 10 gulps Mm -hmm. like I'll force myself to get 10 gulps down um and it's just like a fun little game make it a challenge yeah yeah literally between just myself uh, and the water bottle that's for you (laughs) but it works it works um for me and then I know some people I don't use it because it's not my thing but I have heard some people say the ones that have the times written Mm. on it can be very helpful for some people. So it's not a personal one for me, but I have heard that is um, a favorite of some people's. Yeah. That's not a personal one for me either, but almost all of my clients have one of those. Mm, Really? Yep. They love them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, I don't use one of those either, but just because I'm, you know, it's like, it's just a habit for me at this point, but when you're trying to build a habit, Mm -hmm. things like that help so much. Absolutely. And like I said, my glass straws, my mason jars, like those little things, you think they don't have a touch, but like for me, they do at least. And Mm -hmm. like seeing the water, also room temperature water is big. One, it's more healing for your gut from what I understand. And two, it's a little easier to drink. I agree. I drink room temperature water. Um, I will like, I just fill up my water bottle out of our faucet because we have a well with very mm-hmm. good water. So I'll put it on cold, but it's never like really exactly. cold when it comes out of the faucet. So when it's that's really drink, cold. Yeah. And then I found, cause I have a lot of, or I used to have a lot of stainless steel water bottles. Mm-hmm. You put cold water Ooh. in that your teeth hurt. So yes. if you've only ever had ice water, I'm telling you, try room temperature for a little while. I tend to drink more water when it's room temperature. I do too. So that's like a little fun fact. And then the seltzer. Okay. I have to break this down really quick. I too, this is a really funny side story. I never grew up with seltzer. Like we just didn't, I don't know. My Me mom either. Yeah. My mom didn't like seltzer. We were like a normal middle-class family. Like we were not wealthy by any means, but we had friends down at like our um, family's like summer lake house who were wealthy. I knew that they were like really wealthy people. Right. They always had seltzer. So mm. I equivalent like I correlated seltzer with wealthy rich humans right so isn't that hysterical so when I got older and like old enough to like go into the grocery store and buy my own seltzer I learned that like oh like it's annoying sometimes it can be a little expensive like I can afford seltzer like I Mm -hmm. literally thought it was a luxury what a cool realization that it's not. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? Yes. That is, you know, it's so interesting because like as kids, we pick up on things in mm-hmm. like ways, you know, and it's like, yeah, wow, what a connection. It's so funny. Okay. One last question, Maggie, how to begin another listener asked how to begin to enjoy working out and then they put slash, how do I find some joy in it? Mm, I love this question. 
I love this question so much because this is the whole point, right? We want to do these things because we enjoy them and because they make us feel really good. And because, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I can do a pull-up and I've never been able to do a pull-up before, you know, or whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, That one's just super common or a push-up or something like that. And okay. So I have so many thoughts. Um, But one is what have you tried? What kind of exercise have you tried? Whatever you haven't tried, go try it. There you go. Oh my gosh. I love that. Whatever you haven't tried, go try it. And I have because... a feeling that this, go ahead. No, you can go. I was going to say, I have a feeling that some people, cause I was this person, I never knew working out besides the gym. Mm-hmm. And when, when I say the gym, I mean, walking in and there's 500 machines staring back at you and you're like, I have no idea how to work any of you. And I'm going to mm-hmm. look like an idiot. And like, this is really hard. So that's what I used to equate working out with. And now you won't really catch me at a gym. Like, it's really not my thing. I'm a class kind of girl. I like a spin class. I like a boxing class. I like a yoga class. Like I'm a, I'm a class person for the most part, mm-hmm. or I'm outside walking, hiking. Like that's pretty much all I'm doing Mm -hmm. um but for the longest time when I thought working out well if I'm not going to the gym I'm not really working out and I hated it so why was I forcing myself to do it Mm -hmm. yep yeah go try something new I love that I love that we get so caught up in well I should do this because this Mm -hmm. is the best thing for this and it's like okay let's back up if you are not doing anything because you hate the thing that you feel like you should do, that's way worse than doing something different that you mm-hmm. feel like is not as good, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I feel like I'm just like filling Maggie's head, like her head's just going to explode with all like the things I'm saying about her today. But like, <laughs> it's truly how I feel. That is the unique ability of you as a person and also your business is that there are so many people and companies and gyms that make you feel like nope this is the best way and if you're not doing it our way like why are you even doing it at all mm-hmm. and Maggie is sitting here saying when literally she could say nope my program is the best for a b c and d but she's saying if you don't enjoy it you're not going to do it yep. so there's no sense in using your money or using your time in something that you ultimately can't stand and it's not helpful at all yep Exactly. My program is the best for someone who wants to incorporate resistance training into their Mm. life in an efficient and effective way, right? And right now it's geared towards at-home workouts. I'm going to be including gym workouts here starting in July. Um, And that's the goal of it, right? You want to improve your health. You want to get stronger. You want to feel like you can actually do things in a resistance training way in less than an hour, three times a week. If that's what you want, my program's great for you. If you want CrossFit, it's not great for you. Sure. Or you want, you know, you want to be a runner or hiking or something more cardio based. But the thing too, is that we also go through seasons. So some seasons, like right now, I'm really enjoying really long walks, like 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, like fast paced, like getting my heart rate up walks. Mm -hmm. Um, which some people would argue is not exercise, which that's fine. Like I'm not claiming it totally it's anything. Is exercise. It's movement for me and I feel good after and it feels great mm-hmm. and I really enjoy it. So talk to me when we're in December, I'm not going to be walking. Like right. I've tried, I've invested in like the nice like leggings and the sneakers and the thermal stuff, like to get myself outside and like, I'm not doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, I've learned <laughs> that about myself. So you'll find me 
doing yoga. I love hot yoga. I love, you know, I do enjoy CrossFit, but that's only, I know Maggie may have a different opinion on it. I had a phenomenal instructor who was obsessed with form and like, I had a very positive experience at the one that I went to. Um, And I like a class. I like the support of other people around me. So find what you like and let the judgment go, so to speak. Yes. A hundred percent on CrossFit. And this applies to every type of exercise. It's just easy to talk about with CrossFit because it's so Mm -hmm. controversial. Um, CrossFit's a great type of exercise. However, you just need to be aware of where you are at and why you're going into it, right? Are you Mm -hmm. going to CrossFit because everyone does CrossFit and you feel Mm -hmm. like you have to do CrossFit in order to be fit? well, maybe that's not the reason why we want to go there. Right. Mm -hmm. And also aware of like, am I a complete beginner? Is this really the place for me? Right. Sure. I was my instructor, right. There's just so much variance in CrossFit, just like there is in all exercise. So you have to find the place where you enjoy to go. Like for you, you love a class. Okay. So maybe it's a yoga class, maybe it's a spin class, maybe it's a CrossFit class. Right. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, what do I want to do today? What is my body craving today? Right. I'm really exhausted. I need something rejuvenating. I'm going to go to a yoga class, not a CrossFit class. Right. Sure. I have a ton of energy to burn. I'm going to go to a CrossFit class, not a yoga class. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like when it comes to making exercise enjoyable, one, we have to figure out what we even like to do. Right. Maybe you're like, I hate running and I am never going to run fine. Mm. Don't run. I don't care. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter, <laughs> but why would you force yourself to train for a 5k if you hate running? you know why? Because it's that belief that those old beliefs that we carry with us of, well, that's the way that's Mm -hmm. what I should be doing. So fitness and health and all that, hence why this podcast was born. There is a lot more mentally going on than we think about. It's Mm -hmm. so mental. And to get into the physical, sometimes you have to break down some of those barriers and some of those like limiting beliefs almost. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're waiting for permission to try something new, go try something new. Absolutely. That's my number one. Um, I feel like that took a lot of tangents. (laughs) The whole episode was very tangent, but I hope that you all just kind of listen to this slowly, digest it, listen, break it up into sections. Um, I also apologize. I'm recording in a new area today for a change of scenery, and there is some construction going on above me. So if anyone heard any of that, I am so sorry. Um, usually I'm in my like home office, but I went to like a different place today that I thought would be nice and quiet and it turned out to be really noisy. So hopefully we haven't listened back yet. Um, we're sorry if it sounded very noisy today, bear with us as we, we have construction, we have dogs, you know, we have life happening, whatever (laughs) we have life happening and we are, uh, too easygoing to like feel bad about it. So enjoy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have another thought about making exercise fun. Mm. What's your goal? We need a goal, right? We need a fun goal. And usually making exercise fun, it's usually not fun when we have a weight loss goal or a, I want to fit into a smaller size goal or something like that. It's kind of depressing to think about. Yeah. If you have those goals and they really motivate you, I more power to you. Like I am all for it. You know what I mean? Um, But if you do have those goals and they make you feel like crap, we should probably change that up. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's okay to change it up. Yep. Let's look for a performance goal. Um, Mm -hmm. So that can look like I want to run a 5K. I want to do a push-up. I want to do a pull-up. I want to do a Spartan race. I want to lift this Mm -hmm. much weight. I want to walk up the stairs without feeling winded. I want to whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I want to be able to pick up my 100-pound dog. Um, Whatever it is, right? Those things make exercise a lot more fun because 
you're training for something that you aren't able to do yet and mm. you will be able to do it. And then when you get there, you're like, oh my gosh, I did it. And then you're like, okay, next goal. And I want to do it again, you know? Yes. So and it's almost like childlike in a way. When you were a kid, that's why I connected to intuitive eating, I think, is that when you're a baby, you're a natural intuitive eater. You're a natural intuitive movement child for the most part, right? Babies, toddlers, kids, like you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're full for the most part. You run when you're feeling crazy and you stop when you've had enough. Like we were born for the most part, most of us pretty intuitive. We lose it along the way. And so now in our adulthood, some of us, especially me, Maggie, like we almost want to get back to that back to basics place almost. Oh, heck yeah. That's the goal. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, We can obviously dive more into this over time since it is so much of why we have this podcast in the first place. So please, if you were going to review any time, this is the time to do it um, because it would be really helpful to us going forward. Yeah. And if you have any topics you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Let us know. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.